When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Today we focus on college leaders, and we're speaking with one of the best offenses in the country in Division Three, North Central Offensive Coordinator, Brad Spencer. Brad, it's great to have you here on the podcast. Well, thanks, Keith. I appreciate you having me and uh, giving me an opportunity to talk more about North Central and uh, you know kind of what we're, we're doing. So uh, thanks so much. Uh, honored to, to be here. Coach, we'll run that, this down real quick, and you know certainly it, it isn't all about the statistics, but statistically you guys have some things that kind of jump off the charts here. You guys were number one in third down with 56%. You were number one in the red zone at 96.2%. You were number six in total offense at 516.7 yards per game. Uh, number three in completion, 71.7%. Uh, number nine in scoring, 44.8 points per game. Number 11 in passing yards at 314.2. And you guys did a good job hanging on to the ball, tied for 14th with only four interceptions on the year. So you guys uh, are clicking pretty well, uh, have your offense running like a machine. When you look at <laughs> that, though, down. when you look at it, though, how, how, how would you characterize you know, all those things happening for you guys and coming together. Why, why are you guys able to perform at such a high level? Sure. Well, I, I mean, I think it it starts with, you know, having great young men. Um, I mean, as coaches, obviously, our, we feel like our job is to, you know, put our talent in the best situations possible. You know, never ask a, a kid to do something that, that he can't do. Um, so, you know, that's the trick every year is through camp and, and, and honestly through the first probably third or fourth of the season trying to figure out, you know, what are our strengths and, you know, what can we, what can we do uh, best this year? Um, and, you know, fortunately we've, we've got some really good young men. We, we had some kids back, uh, at tight end receiver, uh, our, our quarterback uh, was back, which is obviously a a big part of that. Uh, we we had two of our starting offensive linemen back, one of which is the best offensive lineman in the league, and he was an All-American as a sophomore this year. Um, so, you know, good players make coaches look really good. <laughs> we just try not to get in the way and, and screw it up. Um, you know, but I, it goes back to just putting them in good spots uh, and, and, and making sure that they're doing things that, that they can do and, and understanding the game plan each week. But, I mean, we got great young men to work with, and, and that's what you know, I think keeps all of us around here uh, as long as we've been here. Well, Coach, we're going to dig into the offense in, in a little while. Uh, I did want to learn a little bit about your coaching journey and sure. your start in this profession. So going back to the beginning, what was it that made you want to be a football coach? 
Yeah, that's, Keith, that's a great question. I was uh, I was fortunate to play for Coach John Thorne, who's the father of our current head coach, Jeff Thorne. And Coach Thorne, John, um, was a very successful high school coach here in the area, Wheaton Warrenville South, really got that program going, um, you know, playing for state titles, winning state titles. Uh, I, I competed against him when I was a high school player. Uh, so I I knew of kind of his legacy and uh, how successful he'd been as a coach. And halfway through my career uh, here as a wide receiver at North Central, he became the head coach. So my junior, senior year, I, I got to play for him. I was fortunate to be a captain my senior year. And um, I just, I, I was always around. I, I was kind of a, a gym rat, um, you know, athlete junkie growing up and, and was the same in college. So you know, when when he came in, he was always more than willing to watch film and, and hang out and talk, talk about leadership, uh, talk about how to be a good teammate, how to be a, a good leader. And, and those were all things that really just, they captivated me as a 20, 21-year-old. And, and when I got ready to graduate, fortunate enough that he trusted me enough to offer me a, a full-time spot uh, as the receivers and, and tight ends coach. And I, I kind of felt like, hey, I've got to check out this college coaching thing. I had another job offer and just wasn't ready to, you know, I guess, put down the, the the playbook or stop watching film. So, you know, I kind of joke that I, I guess I was on a two-year interview with him, uh, so to speak. And I think probably he kind of at the end of my senior year was like, I don't know if this kid's ever going to leave, so I might as well just pay him to do some work uh, if he's going to be around. So, uh, you know, right place, right time. You know, I, hopefully I I probably did a few decent things that impressed him. But, you know, certainly when I, I think back, Coach Thorne, you know, giving me a start as a 22-year-old and, and handing over a lot of responsibility, um, it's not now being in my 15th year coaching. I start to understand how much trust uh, that took for him to do that and forever grateful uh, to him for that. Well, starting out as a 22-year-old, you're learning the ropes. I'm sure you made some mistakes and looking back on that. <laughs> Probably a lot. <laughs> what, what would be one mistake you made as a young coach that you really learned from and, and making that mistake probably had a great impact on you? Right. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I think one of the things as a young coach, uh, one of the great things is that you're going to, in coaching, you're going to be around so many different coaches that have so many different styles of, of coaching. You know, there's hundred ways to skin a cat. There's a hundred ways to coach football. And I think, you know, maybe as a young coach, I, you try too hard to be like another coach that's on your staff or maybe a coach that you read about or you see on TV or at a clinic. And, and then you feel like you got to do it that way. And, and I remember having conversations about that with, with, with Jeff Thorne, our current head coach, when he was the offensive coordinator, you know, and, and him, you know, encouraging us to, hey, you got to coach how you coach. You know, I, I might coach this way, but you got to coach how you coach. And and it wasn't necessarily any specific, you know, instance or thing that happened that, that brought those conversations up. I think it was just an older coach mentoring a younger coach. And that was great advice. And I felt like it kind of gave me the freedom to to coach how I wanted to coach, which ultimately was how I would have wanted to be coached as a player. And I, I think nowadays you can, there's a little bit maybe more acceptance 
uh, of that as, you know, social media and, and other platforms, you know, can, can show just all the different types of coaches that there are. And there's a lot of ways to win. Um, you got to find what works for you and, and you've, you know, you've got to be you. Um, and I think that's a, I think that's a huge thing. And I know that's something I would, you know, with our GAs and, and our young coaches, uh, it's something that I always try and demonstrate is, you know, you, you've got to be you uh, and, and coach how, how you coach. I think that's great advice. It was something we talked about on the podcast uh, just last week with uh, Brian Kite, who, you know, he goes around and he works with college teams, co- corporations, uh, school systems around the country. And his point was when you're, you're building a culture, while you might like what Dabo does or Saban does or Belichick does, that um, you can't go out and try to be that person. You you might adopt some things from them. You you might take some ideas, but ultimately, everything you do kind of has to be congruent with who you are. So I think that's just some great advice. And when you look at the culture that you guys have, you've been a part of now uh, for a long time as, right. as a player and a coach. Uh, you own a piece of that culture. And while you need to be in alignment with everything that coach sets up overall for the program, uh, there's going to be things that you bring in that are important to your group. So when you think of, of your offense, how would you characterize that culture within your unit? Right, right. I mean, it's, it's going to change maybe a little bit every year, but I mean, in general, we, you know, we want to, we want to dictate the tempo. We want to dictate, you know, what the defense is doing. And, and so, you know, we feel like there's a number of ways to do that. And, and so there's kind of a checklist of things we're, we're going to try and do, you know, every, every week, every year. Um, you know, we want our kids to play fast, play physical and, and play smart. And, and that starts with, you know, you got to start on the board, you got to go to film, you got to, you got to walk it and, and then you got to do it in a drill and then you got to do it 11 on 11 or seven on seven. Um, you know, so those are things we really, we really try and, and, and go board, uh, film field. Um, you know, but in, in terms of, you know, overall philosophies, um, you know, stretch, being able to stretch the defense, uh, both horizontally and vertically, um, is something we want to try and do, get our playmakers in space, uh, and, and then use different tempos, uh, you know, all try to kind of uncover what the defense is given us, you know, we, we're going to go in each week and, and you feel like you have an idea what they're going to do. But, you know, as we were speaking and, and we saw it this weekend with the defensive coordinators in the Super Bowl, they're, they're probably going to come out and do some different things, especially if it's after a bye week or, you know, after a loss or after a rivalry game, um, you know, you could see some different things. So there's a little bit of uncovering uh, to do, particularly in the first few drives, first quarter, um, you know, certainly at half, you have to be able to make some make some adjustments. Um, you know, but it, it does. It, it all goes back to getting those playmakers in space, finding the green grass, and um, you know, letting them use the skills that that they have. Um, you know, those are kind of the things that we want to focus on. You know, every every week, and um, we've been able to. We've been fortunate to be able to recruit and, and have, you know, kids at different positions and, and not have to be a, a 10 personnel or 11 personnel or a 
20 or 21 personnel team we've we've been able to have tight ends and running backs and fullbacks and receivers and you know so you can pot uh prod and and poke a little bit uh and and kind of see where you feel like you've got the best matchups against the defense that week and um it's it's you know from there it's, it's just a matter of execution uh and, and hopefully you've you've not hopefully, but you need to have prepared <laughs> your guys uh, throughout the week uh, to execute, you know, in specific, you know, situations. And when you talk about situations, there's two that you guys were the best in the country in the, the red zone and third downs. Right. Um, when when you look at those t- two situations, let's take third mm-hmm. downs first. Sure. Uh, to you, what are the keys to success on third down? I always told my head coach, like our key to success would be that we don't get into third down, but you know, that, that happens. <laughs> uh, right. Right. And obviously good on first down, that, yeah. that's the first thing you need to do. <laughs> but, but for you, uh, how do you create that package? You mentioned you have, you know, a number of, of different personnel groups at your disposal. So right. how are you going to craft that so that you guys can keep those chains moving? Yeah. I mean, every week we're going to sit down and, and put together a, a different plan for, really all the different situations um, that we feel like we might be in that week. And you're going to have your your first down, choice down stuff. And, and then from there, you, you got to get into the different situations that you're going to face. And third down is, is obviously maybe the biggest of them outside of perhaps, you know, red zone and goal line. Um, so for us, it's uh, looking at, first of all, third short, third and medium, third and long separately, um, not clumping them together. Um, but then also breaking it down, um, you know, formationally, uh, and not just looking at, Hey, this team likes to, you know, bring six from the field or this team likes to play coverage on, on third and long, but you trying to really dig into, uh, the data and dig into, uh, what they do in specific situations or against specific formations um, and, and just get as technical and as deep as we can with with that data uh, so that whatever that situation then might be in the game, we feel like we've got, at least by the percentages, we're as prepared as we can be. Um, and at the end of the day, that's that's kind of our job is, is we have to prepare off of the information that we have. Uh, and, and then obviously once you get in game, as, as we mentioned a little bit ago, you've got to be able to adjust, um, you know, if, if they're doing something different. Uh, but, you know, we're going to, for us, you know, our method is we're going to start looking at third down. Um, usually Tuesday night, we'll finish it up Wednesday morning, do the bulk of it Wednesday morning. Uh, we'll we'll meet on it with our kids and, and give them the game plan for third down on Wednesdays, and then we'll we'll have a nice long third down segment in practice. Uh, we'll we'll hit the third down pass stuff again uh, on Thursday, uh, and, and then Friday and walk through. If we feel like we need to go back over it again, we will. Um, but for me, I really believe that the outside of the preparation, the key is your your players need to know what is going to be called on third down and they they need to be prepared for it uh and if if they know what is going to be called they know what's expected of them they're going to know what we expect the defense to do now you're giving yourself the best possible chance to get out of those 
third down situations. Um, you know, and, and obviously for us, if, if as we joked, but it's true, if you can be good on first down, you've got a chance not to be in third down. Uh, but also, you know, understanding if, hey, we're second and long, let's, uh, there's times where you're going to try and just go ahead and, you know, get the first down on that play. But there might be other times where you're, you're just trying to get the third and short because you'd rather be in third and short than third and 10. Um, at least, you know, that's, that's how we view it. Uh, if, if it just, your chances are going up in third and short, third and medium than they are when it's third and 12 or, or third and nine, um, defenses can become a little bit more aggressive, complex, uh, and, you know, change, you know, the longer you get on, on third down, at least that's typically, you know, what we see. So, um, there is truth that a lot of it goes back to being smart on second down and particularly being smart when you're in second and long. Uh, and so that's another segment that that we're going to prep for is second and long. Uh, and, and we're going to look at that differently than choice down or anything on first down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that helps, helps you get in better situations on, on third down. Um, I mean, nobody ever wants to be third and, and 14. I mean, you're never going to lead the nation in third down if you're third and 14 or third and 12 all the time. No. Uh, but if you can be, you know, third and seven, third and eight, uh, third and five, certainly third and short, now your playbook's going to be a lot more open to you. The The further you get from the sticks on third down, the less and less and less of your playbook that's going to be available because of what the defenses are, are going to force you into. Um, so that's kind of how we view it uh, and, and practice it. Um, but the key is definitely the, the young men on the field understanding what they're going to be looking at and what they're going to be facing in the different situations and then knowing what we're going to, we're going to be running. And uh, for us, you know, right now with the, the quarterback that we have, uh, I mean, he's player of the year for the second time in our, our conference. He was the regional player of the year. He's an All-American. If, if Brock can, can know what we're doing and what we want to do and I know what he's comfortable with, um, and we've got great communication throughout the week and on Saturday, then you're going to put yourself in the best chance possible to to succeed on, on third down if, if you're in it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I know at the college level, I, I really, I think, refined my thoughts on third down and really on, on game planning in general. And a lot of it was tied mm-hmm. to the fact that um, I only had so many reps in practice and I'm not right. going to go out in a game and run something that we haven't become proficient in. And certainly over the course of the year, you have that cumulative effect on reps. But when I look at those di- different sections you mentioned, um, and I would add, I added one that was third and, and extra long, which was like 10 plus right. third yep. and long, which went to uh, sev- uh, you know seven to 10. Third medium was for me uh, the the three to six. And then, uh, third and short was one to two. And okay. when I look at the high end of it, um, I would, would plan one extra long, uh, maybe two. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the long was two. The mediums was where I really spent our time because I felt like, you know, our we're, we're looking to be on schedule or if something happens, get back on schedule. So 
really right. want to be in that three to six range, which opens up your, your playbook a, a ton because now you're in a run, you're in a pass. The, the closer you get in that range, play action's still good. Your RPOs are good. And then the one to two, obviously, um, I would keep that at about two to three calls because you just don't have a, a ton of those that happen per, per each game. And, and a lot of that really was in studying uh, game planning. But, you know, a book I point to all the time was uh, Brian Billick's book. Um, mm-hmm. developing an offensive game plan. And and so that's where I was with those. When you look at, you know, how you're going to you break that up, what's your comfort level with how much you're going to carry in each section, especially in terms of that preparation that you have to have your guys right. being proficient and, and uh, confident on game day? Right, right. So we so our third down, um, shorts one to three, mediums four to six, long would actually be seven to 12, and, and then after 12 is kind of our extra long. Um, but we'll also, you know, in our, in our breaking down of, of defenses, we'll look for, particularly in third and long, okay, where do they change to their extra long, you know, stuff? So, you know, while we might in our data make third and extra long, third and 13 and plus, if they're switching at third and 10 to their, you know, prevent defense, their end of game, end of half defense, then we're going to adjust what we're prepping, if, if that makes sense. Um, but, I mean, looking at our game sheets, I mean, we're typically third and short calls. We're, we're going to be somewhere between eight and 10, third and medium. We're, we're probably going to be very similar around 10, 11 calls, third and long. You know, now we're going to have, you know, seven somewhere between six and eight calls uh, on third and long. And, and some of those are, are variations of other stuff that we're already doing. Um, you know, so there's some crossover, and certainly you get into, like, third and three, third and four, you, there's some crossover in calls. Uh, third and six, third and seven, there's some crossover in, in calls. Um, so we're, we're not actually, you know, going to be carrying 30 third down calls into a game it's it's probably more you know closer to 20 20 different calls um i would say because there's a lot of different like i said crossover um so when we're we're practicing what we'll try and do is in that you know you talked about you have limited reps in practice which is it's true you know kids (laughs) we can't practice for five hours a day um you know so that third down segment that that we have every day We'll walk it in pre-practice, um, and then we'll we'll do it again live, you know, in third down, and then after, kind of after team at the end of the day, if there's anything we feel like we really need to hit again, we can hit because we usually get through our team script um, fairly efficiently. Um, at least that's the plan. Um, so we we'll kind of pick out the plays that we feel like are going to be our our top calls, you know, on third and short, third and medium, third and long, and we'll be sure to practice those or the plays that maybe aren't in our original, um, you know, choice down game planning that we're doing on Sunday and Monday. Uh, so we want to, we just want to make sure that we're, we're kind of hitting everything that we want to do uh, across the board. Um, so that's kind of how we will break that down. We want to make sure you just never want to get into a game and feel like, you want to call something that your kids haven't practiced against mm-hmm. the the few different looks you're going to get. Um, Cause it's not like you know, for us in our league, it, there's, it's not like there's just one look that we're going to get on third and long. 
there's there's probably like two, three, or four looks that we could get on on third and long. So you want to make sure that number one, when you're building that package, you have answers within those plays. You know, if we're talking about a pass concept for whatever coverage or blitz they give you, and then your your kids have got to know how to execute it based on what you get, and, and certainly you're going to try and call the right plays in the right situations based on the information that you have in your game planning. Um, but you still got to know kind of where the outlet is if, if something happens that we didn't expect. Um, you know, so it's, it's important, at least we feel like it's really important to take those, those plays, whatever, you know, might be sort of, you know, what I would say is kind of new install uh, on Wednesday and make sure that we, you know, rep it on the board and film and then rep it and walk through and rep it, um, you know, in that live third down um, segment. Coach, moving to the other area, you guys were number one in the country in red zone. Um, how do you view that area? Because I've I've heard coaches talk about that in a number of different ways. Um, yeah. The yeah. different areas they break it up to, their approach in there. Mm-hmm. I know I had sections of my game plan uh, which – would I, I'd have the runs, but more of the passes really started to need to be tailored or adjusted to that decreasing vertical space as you get closer to the yep. end zone. So what's your yep. approach in that area? Yeah, I mean, first of all, what's what's the defense going to do? When do they change? Uh, so that's something we'll set out, and we'll usually try and figure that out on Monday. Um, you know, our – our red zone goal line stuff, uh, we'll practice. We'll walk through on Tuesday. We'll practice it in a live segment Tuesday. We'll practice it in a live segment uh, Wednesday. And then we'll walk it again Friday during our, our walkthrough. So we spend a lot of time um, on that that situation. Um, and I, I think rightfully so. Uh, it's such an important uh part of the game uh but we'll look and see you know when does the defense change and a lot of times there's a change once you get into the red zone or somewhere near the red zone and then there's another change once you get actually close to the goal line so usually somewhere the five and in um, not every team does that some might be the 10 and in some might be the three yard line and in some might be only at the two or the one are they going to change in their, their their goal line stuff but we'll you just got to have to you kind of have to see uh, a lot of teams will play their base defenses all the way down mm-hmm. you know to inside the 5 yard line and and so for that there's not much of a need to have a a different plan so to speak in terms of what you're calling in the run game and then in the pass game um you know it's just you're going to change a little bit you're not going to be running your play pass stuff and uh, down the field, you know, double posts or scissors and, and things like that. You you got to try and, you know, hit things where guys are making breaks under 10 yards and hitting receivers on the move. Um, you know, in the past, certainly RPOs are still all good and play, you know, the underneath play pass stuff with slants and arrows and crossers and curls are still good. Um, you know, but we want to try and hit guys on the move in, in the red zone. You don't want people standing still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's when bad things can happen. Uh, and, and then the goal line stuff, um, you know, that for us becomes a totally different plan. Uh, and, and you're right. I mean, some folks are, they just, they have a goal line 
menu. It's in their playbook. They install it in camp. They install it in spring, and, and this is what we run. And, and we've had variations of that type of stuff in the past, um, and it worked for a while, and then you kind of just become predictable. And, um, you know, so every week we, we sort of uh, go to the drawing board, so to speak, when we're doing our, our goal line game planning, and, and we just look and, and see, okay, where do we have leverage? Where do we have numbers? Uh, what formations do we like based on what the defenses uh, are doing that that we see on film, and and then we, you know, where does that fit within our our playbook? Um, you know, so we put that plan together. Certainly, there's some crossover week to week, and uh, there's things that we do week to week. But um, we're not we're not a, a staff that just has a, a a playbook of goal line stuff, and this is what we do. Uh, we really want to be creative down there and um we don't want to i guess limit any part of our our playbook just because we're at the goal line uh but like you said you have to, you're at the four yard line you can't run a 12 yard corner route um you know you have to adjust those types of things and um certainly as the year goes on you you get into a flow of things that you know as you figure out what your kids are good at and what they like doing uh, you start to lean on those things, so you know you try and find formations and personnel groups to to run that you know handful of stuff that you really like and what you're really good at. Um, but you know even games 11, 12, you know later on in the season we're still looking at okay what what is the defense really trying to do down here? What do they like to get into? Uh, and, and how do they defend the different things that that you do, whether it's mid zone, inside zone, or counter power, play pass, roll out, whatever it might be? Um, you know, figure out what they're doing, and then you know, find situations where you know we can gain leverage or gain matchups that are favorable to us. Because when you get into those areas, how much of your offense do you look to to carry over from? from your base situations where, you know, this, some of the attitude, I guess, of this is what we do. So mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to change a ton here. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think we ever will look at it and go, this is what we do. This is who we are. And we're just going to do this. Mm -hmm. um, we really want to have an open mind and, and figure out, you know, where are our numbers? Where's the leverage? Where's the green grass? And, how do we get there? How do we get our best kids there? Um, now, certainly as you go through the season, there there is an element of this is what we're best at. This is what our kids are best at executing. So this is going to be in the game plan, but it, it becomes a matter of do we have it? You know, there's we'll carry plays. We'll, I mean, option is one of the plays that we'll carry it if the look's right. We're not going to we're not going to run it just because we want to run it. Um, you know, but, you know, certainly I think if you watched our film or even asked the defensive coordinators in our league, they're, they could probably tell you the two or three things that, uh, you know, run wise or pass wise, we tend to do down there. Um, but, you know, I would, I would argue that we're doing that because that's what's given to us. Um, you know, and, and again, it just kind of goes back to, you know, part of our, philosophy which is you know take what the defense gives you um you know one of the funniest questions i feel like you ever get in 
recruiting is, you know, well, what's your run pass ratio or how much do you want to run or pass the ball? And, you know, my answer is whatever it takes so that we have more points than the visitors or the, the other team has, um, you know, it's, it's going to change every game. You know, we might throw it 20 times one game and 45 the next. Uh, it really just depends what, what we're getting and uh, how we can score the most points. Coach, your uh, passing completion rate was pretty high this season, 71.7. Mm-hmm. What do you attribute that to? Is it the certain type of plays you're running? Is it the preparation? Is it a combination of those things? Sure. I, th- I mean, I think it's a combination of that. It, it does. Um, I mean, again, I'm just going to give a lot of credit to to our players and and to our quarterback. Um, our quarterback is a student of the game. I mean, he's he's in here and one of our offices. He's in every day watching film, putting up statistics, putting up tendencies, uh, writing down you know what we're doing in each set writing down what the defense's blitz percentages are in each set and sits in here and watches film and come over and ask questions and um he just he's a coach on the field he's he's really good at seeing when somebody's out of place and where there's somewhere that we can take advantage of um and and we're not an offense that is necessarily asking our quarterback to make a bunch of checks and get us in and out we we want to play with tempo we we want to try and do the majority of that workload as coaches you know on on sunday and and monday and game planning and putting them in good spots um you know but he's able to he's just really good at seeing when when things are available um, you know, certainly our, our offense has some facets to it that I think lend to that. You know, when you run RPOs and you're, you're high percentage on those and you run, you know, bubbles and little now screens to receivers when, you know, alley players or safeties are misaligned, um, that's going to help your, you know, completion percentage. Um, but it's not all that, you know, you, you gotta have, you know, young men that understand what you're trying to do. And, you know, I'll give credit to the guys running around catching passes as well. Uh, they understand defenses and they understand where the holes are each week. And, um, you know, in our meetings, I, I think our, our kids, you know, catching and running with the ball are on the same page as, as the ones throwing it. And that's a, that's a huge part of it. You know, having those guys meet together, um, you know, understanding each other's responsibilities. That's another, uh, another big thing. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of unintelligent football players playing in our offense. Uh, they, they understand football. They understand where they're supposed to be. They understand where the guy next to them is supposed to be. And they understand how it all works together. You know, they, they get while they're, why they're running a drag route, you know, with a dig on the other side and why they have to, you know, outside release uh, an alley player to protect drags or, you know, you know, whatever it might be, running a vertical and, you know, getting a certain release on a safety. They, they understand that they understand why. And and that's a big part of it is, is teaching those young men why you're doing what you're doing, not just do what you're doing, but why you're doing what you're doing. Um, So I give them a lot of credit for that. Um, It's, it's fun to coach them. Um, you know, and, and so when you, when you get the right combination of, you know, coaches who are preparing, 
you know, guys the right way and seeing the right things on film as you're breaking down defenses and then you get a group of guys who understand what you're coaching them, you've got an opportunity to, you know, be in the top 10 in the country in, in you know, a number of categories. And, you know, fortunately, we've we've got some guys going through that that's important to them. Coach, we're going to get into the specifics here. I know we're on audio, but if you could talk us through one of your favorite concepts from this past year, uh, whether that was run or pass uh, or an RPO or something along that line, what what's one of those plays that really did well for you in 2018? Right. Um, you know, one of the things we we've always we've always done a nice job with you know, our, our triangle concepts and our spacing concepts and, and doing them a lot of different ways, you know, whether it's curl, flat arrow, or, you know, whether it's, it's five across, um, you know, triangles without routes and curls and ball routes. We've always been really good at that stuff. And we felt last year um, at this time, we needed to put in some more um, drive route stuff, some more mesh stuff. And so that was a big focus in our off season as an offensive staff, you know, going to places and finding some different ways for pass catchers to be catching the ball on the move and, and not just be stationary on curls or, you know, running corner routes and you're, you're near the sideline, but, you know, trying to catch some, some passes underneath uh, drag routes at, you know, five, six yards with, you know, digs behind them. So, um, that was a big focus for us, uh, and, and we found a, a couple of different things that, that we had success with. Um, we've always been a, a, an offense um, that has used the running back in the, in the past game, and two years ago, 2017, our, our running back, Austin Brunig, was the player of the year in our conference. He led the league in all-purpose yards, and, and he was just he was a beast out of the backfield. Um, so it was a big task this year to replace him. Uh, fortunately, we recruited some younger guys, and we had some guys already in the program that really worked hard at, at the pass-catching part of things out of the backfield because uh, we ask our back to do that. And, and so, you know, one of our, our concepts that really worked well for us, um, you know, was was in a two-by-two two set, putting number one, on an under route, putting number two on a corner, getting the running back out to that same side on an arrow route, and then being able to bring a drag from a backside slot or tight end, you know, back to that play side where you had your arrow and corner, um, you know, and then on the the very back end of it, throwing a, uh, an out route on it. And so if we have access, our quarterback can see and, and he can just bang that out route um, if if coverage would roll or you'd get blitz then you know certainly the front side with your arrow route with the the running back is an option um you get some sort of cover two now you've got arrow you know you've got a smash concept with your arrow in your corner and if those things are are all covered typically that that drive route or drag route from the back side is is coming back into a vacant zone um you know because you've you've almost flooded that that front side so that was a that was a new concept and it played well off of some other you know sit concepts uh that we had we've been running for years uh it just gave a little bit of a different look to it because people weren't sitting down we were staying on the move mm-hmm. 
Well, Coach, to uh, to tie things up here, um, just your thoughts on a on a couple things, kind of bigger picture ideas. Um, first of all, when you look at uh, the the future of our game, and you and I were talking a little bit about this before we got into yeah. the podcast, but uh, are there any concerns you have right now for the future of the game? And in, in, in looking at that, what solutions or ideas do you have to help um, deal with some of those issues? Right, right. Um, you know, I truly worried about it. No. Um, you know, is it, is there some criticism over it right now? Yes. Uh, you know, I think, I I just, I think the more coaches and, and and players and parents can continue to talk about just all the positives that athletics and being a part of athletics and specifically being a part of the game of football, um, the more we can kind of put out the good vibes and put out the good stories as we were talking about, um, I, I think the better. I mean, there's just, there's so many wonderful things that come out of this game. Um, no matter what you do in life, there's risk. Um, and, and so you're constantly having to weigh risk versus reward and in just about every decision, just about everything that you do in life. Um, and, you know, playing a, a, a sport, being a part of um, theater or, or, you know, whatever it might be, there, there's always going to be uh, a risk reward. And, you know, what obviously the physical aspect um, to contact sports and the football is, is maybe a little bit of a, a heavier risk to some folks but i would argue that the reward uh for what you're what you get out of football is is just it's so so outweighs that and and i mean you know i i can't speak to this necessarily but i'm gonna guess there's not a whole lot of folks that that got paid to play football in the nfl that regret regret doing that um it's it's something that everybody cherishes and and works for every single kid who's playing football (laughs) since they're eight years old wants to play for as long as they can at the highest level that they can um i I just don't know anybody who who walks away from the game and says wow that was you know not not worth it um and i think the more that we can pass that message and, and the more also we can have doctors and and scientists you know say hey my kid's gonna play football and it's okay and and the benefits outweigh the risks i think the obviously the the better will will be for it um you know there's certainly things that that we do here at north central to try and prevent uh injury prevent um concussions um you know whether it's in the weight room and strengthening necks or whether it's, you know, having Kevlar inserts, uh, in our helmets or wearing the guardian caps in practice, um, having a doctor come in and, uh, measure our guys, uh, and, and do prehabilitation stuff and identify areas where they might be weak or have deficiencies. Um, there's things that you can do to prevent injury, um, you know, outside of just, you know, putting on a knee brace or, you know, what have you. But uh, I know for us, you know, it's, it's part of who we are and what we do is protecting, you know, our young men. It's That's 
they're our investment, so to speak. So we're we're doing everything that that we can in terms of research and finding ways to protect our players and help them, you know, be healthy, help them make great life choices, so that they're as strong and and prepared for you know the game of football every Saturday as as they can be. Um, you know, but I don't think our games going away. Um, it's, it's just, it's too valuable. Uh, we're, we're just, we're in a time where I think we've got a great opportunity to sort of speak up and, you know, show how great it is. It's not just a bunch of meatheads, um, coaching and playing. Uh, there's very, very intelligent, uh, articulate folks that are part of this, this game. I mean, just, just look at the coaches that were coaching and the players that were playing yesterday. Right. Um, it's they're high level people, uh, not just high level athletes. Um, you know, so I think we just got to continue to get that message out, but also, you know, the awareness and, and hopefully, you know, there's such an awareness at the NFL and I think college level, uh, about injuries and concussions that hopefully that will continue to spread down to the, to the youth leagues. Um, there's there's so much regulation at our level with practice time and you know heat and cold and um contact and, and everything uh, hopefully some of that has or will continue to spread to the youth levels um you know in my opinion that's where i think there's a lot of just traction to be made um you know where you've got young kids playing for the first time you've you've got people coaching who you know maybe are coaching for the first time and and there's nothing against that it's great it's awesome that you know folks are out there doing that for their kids or their friends kids um you know but there needs to be uh regulation and in that as well so that by the time kids get to college they get to us they haven't already had those injuries you know they're still coming to us healthy um you know it's it's a little bit like i guess third down if (laughs) you can stay out of third down uh, or stay in shorter third downs, your percentages are going to go up. If if we can get healthier kids um, by the time they're 18, 19 and they're playing in college and they haven't had as many injuries or concussions, there's a lot better chance they're going to finish their career that way. Um, You know, so I I think just continuing to to regulate the game at at all levels is uh, will be pivotal pivotal as we, we go forward. Well, Coach, uh, one last question for you. Um, when you look at all the things you're doing now and, and things you've adopted as a coach, what's the one thing you do that you feel really gives your players the winning edge? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, we had and we will have recruits come to practices and, and things like that, and the comments that the thing they usually come away from in the practice and say is looks like your guys are having fun and football looks fun here. And, you know, maybe that's because we've got music going and it's, we're fast paced. We're, we're running from every station and it's, you know, we're never in, you know, one segment for too long. Um, but I think creating an atmosphere, creating a culture where your kids can have fun, um, is important. And, and you do that by, you know, having a, having time and and having a place for them to really connect with each other. And 
we're very intentional about that. Uh, I think a lot of um, a lot of coaches and programs will try and say, yeah, we've, we we have a great culture and we're we're this and we're that and um, you know we have this cool lounge or they hang out in the locker room. You know, it's that's that's not enough. Uh, you've got to do other things within your your program. We believe, I believe, um, you know, to help help your guys love each other and and want to play really really hard for each other. And and I think I think we do a great job of that. I think we do a great job of creating uh, an, an atmosphere and creating times for our players to really get to know each other. Um, and love each other and if 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 they love each other they want to play for each other it's going to show up on the field in practice they're going to be smiling they're going to be playing hard practicing hard and that's all going to turn into wins um and so we kind of believe in that genesis and we feel like that's um you know that's sort of the the path that we want to keep our program on um is is just continuing to cultivate great young men who who want to be all-American fathers, all-American husbands, all-American scientists, um, lawyers, CEOs, coaches, janitors, um, mechanics, engineers, whatever it might be. Um, if, if, if we do things right, um, you know, things will continue to work out. Coach Thorne, um, he, he would always used to say, uh, the more I do things right, the more things seem to work out. Um, and, and that's, I just, we truly believe in that, uh, do things the right way and, and the right things are going to happen. Um, you know, so I'd say that's, that's something that we're, that we've, that we've got going on. Coach, how can our listeners connect with you? Shoot. Um, it's, it's 2019. Uh, so <laughs> just about any way, uh, you know, I'm on Twitter. Um, you know, email uh, is is great as well. So uh, there's there's not a lot of secrets in football. We're all here to help each other and and get better and connect. Um, you know, so I think those are probably the two most readily available ways uh, to connect with us and and connect with our staff. Awesome. Well, Coach, we'll uh, we'll share that. And maybe some of the other things that uh, you shared on the podcast in our show notes. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, it was great to talk ball with you. Yeah, my pleasure, Coach. Good luck with everything uh, coming up in the future.